the other direction over the line. Makes the pass across, but it goes into the skates. Back for Duchesne, cuts across, he shoots and scores! Matt Duchesne! On the power play. Rude go can't love the puck. It's a breakaway chance. Here comes McKinney shoots and he scores! His second short-handed goal of the season, Nathan McKinnon. And it's two-nothing for the Avalanche. Oh! Able to turn it off the glass. He had it brewing all over him. Then the shot by Carlo got blocked. Brought in by Mitchell, he shoots, he scores! His first point of the season, and what a goal for John Mitchell, and it's three, nothing for the Avalanche. Side of the net, Soderberg comes out in front, turns the puck around, but Hossenrock's out of the box, and the pass goes towards him, he's got a chance, cutting in, shot, score! And it's a 3-1 game. Out of the penalty box and putting the puck into the net. David Pasternak, team leading 17th goal of the season. After the faceoff, Bruins control in the end zone. The point shot score. What was that a shot? David Pasternak has come to play tonight. Up the boards to the point for Weirkov. Slides it over. Boschman shoots. Knocked down. Pass in front. Shot blocked. And scored! It snuck through. And Soderberg has put the abs ahead with a power play goal. It is 4 to 2. On fourth down, King to do it again. King this time it comes off towards the right side and it forces Hill all the way back to the 24. Hill makes a move at the 30, to the 40, Hill to the 50, Hill breaking away, Tyreek Hill, bye bye Hill, he goes all the way, 76 yards. Kansas City adds to the lead, electrifying speed from the rookie. Well and that's why you re-kick it, that's what you make him Punt it back to him. Tyreek Hill, the big mistake Marquette King made, first of all, it's two mistakes. Number one, he punted it in the middle of the field, so that gave Tyreek Hill the entire field to use, and then he goes up and back talks trash. So as I mentioned, two mistakes on the play. The punt in the middle of the field, which gives Tyreek Hill all the room he wants to utilize to set up the, the defenders where he's going to juke to get uh, get down the field and get the touchdown. And then King decides to run all the way down the field and talk trash to him in the end zone, throwing a 15-yard penalty.
And welcome to the Stretch Run here on a Friday, live from the ESPN New Hampshire studios. Back in the studio after a fun time yesterday at the Buffalo Wild Wings in the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester. Big thanks to Marilyn and Brian, the managers there, and Nicole and Aaron, who came on and spoke as well. And uh, the whole staff there treated us uh, like kings, Pete Terry and I. And we uh, were very lucky to be there. It was delicious food as always and a a good time, great atmosphere. And it was pretty jam-packed by the time we left there as uh, people rolled in after work or after shopping. So uh, good times there. And next week we will be back at the Concord Buffalo Wild Wings right off the highway there in Concord, 8 Loudoun Road uh, in Concord, New Hampshire. And I am your host, Jimmy Murphy, alongside our Friday co-host, as always, Bob Bartis. Mr. Bartis, how are you on this sunny but brisk Friday? Excellent. Excellent. I've had a great day. I did the morning show with George Russell on WSMN. Then I went to court. I got a few people off Santa's naughty list. Nice. Back on the good list, and then I went up uh, to the press conference for the New Hampshire Brigade Arena football team, so we'll have that later on in the show. We will. We will be joined then, by the GM, Keith Scher. Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes. Uh, Keith Scher, the GM of the new New Hampshire Brigade Arena football team. And where will they be playing? JFK Coliseum in Manchester. Really? Now that's... Uh... That's uh, about three blocks over and two blocks up from former Verizon now Southern SNHU. New Hampshire Univision. Correct. Why would they not put them in SNHU? I don't know. I don't know. That's a that was a question for there whether they're going to have a big enough draw to do it. Is the venue? Did, did art, anyone is, ask them that at the press? No, no. It, no. That was. Um, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have prior commitments. Saving to, them tough to, questions. You exactly. got to ease them in. You got to. Exactly. Yeah, you got to just throw a little fluff at them right yes. now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah. get that. So it's I'm a, not sure if there's prior contractual obligations with uh, with the you know former Verizon for concerts or whatnot mm-hmm. or or uh, Monarchs games if that's going to be a problem to break I, down the ice and put the boards up. So I have never been to the place though that they were playing. It's uh, say the name again. Uh, it's the JFK Coliseum. Okay, and it's right over by Gill Stadium. So Gill Stadium is what's one, in there now? Um, hockey arena. So so a lot of the local teams are playing hockey in there now. Okay, a couple of the high schools that's their home uh, yes. rink. It in is Manchester. Yeah, yes. and it's where Manchester first had pro hockey, and I don't I, mean club hockey. I need to get live barn in there. When when the East <laughs> when the ECHL first started up, there was such a thing as the New Hampshire Freedoms. The New Hampshire Freedoms. They played plural, the year. Plural. Yeah, that's but, grammatically incorrect. I know, but that's how they <laughs> freedoms. Wow. And they played the Erie Blades, the Richmond Rifles, et cetera, in the ECHL. This is before they had spell check. Yes. Hey, and no, then, no, 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 no. Those guys, those guys skate and fight for a living. No one was going to tell them they were wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's not them making a name. Became the Cape Cod Cubs. Uh, Vince McMahon bought them and moved them. Nice. Nice. That would have been uh, fun covering that team because your, your, your editor would have been like, no, it's freedom. No, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's freedoms. Like, you know, you just would have gone back and forth. It would be like, who's on first? But anyhow, so we will have Keith Scher of New Hampshire Brigade joining us on the show at the end of this hour. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into a little NASCAR. You know, it's, it's wound down. It's, uh, it's postseason now, off season for the NASCAR crew. But uh, we'll talk a little NASCAR with you, Bob, in the next segment. Um, and we'll bounce around the sports world. And a uh, great, great game. Uh, Last night in Kansas City, and uh, I, I think, um, man, Mario Magola called it again. He is on a roll. 9-0 and now, and he's got three more, and we'll see if he can continue his streak over the weekend. Mario Magola of Sportfolio.com here on the show yesterday. He took Kansas City. May I add, the thing is, 
we finally said we have a game that isn't a turkey for Thursday night because of the. <laughs> We've actually had two in a row now. But uh, I'm just saying in general, yeah, right? Yeah. And it starts out with first two times Oakland touches the ball, <laughs> turnover. <laughs> Kansas City, here comes a punt, <laughs> turnover, and you went. This is as bad as watching like a Jets game on Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, and it certainly improved after that. But. Not- Interesting thing, though, and, and they're still griping about it today. I don't know if you guys saw this, and I, I forgot to send this clip to you. Maybe we'll, we'll do it uh, at some point in the show. Uh, did you see the play where Derek Carr threw it, and it hit the the spy camera? The, you know, the, the yes, thing they, they have did. on the line there. Yeah, you know? I, I hate that thing. And it, it 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 hit it. And I I don't know if there's a rule in the rule book that that's that's considered interference because it made me think of when you're in Tampa Bay. Uh, playing right, baseball right. against the Rays, and you know if it hits the lights, what do they call it? A ground rule double? Yeah. Well, it's, it takes each one of the catwalks, right? The right. outer catwalk is a foul so what ball, happens when you then do a that? double, then a homer. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> crazy. Is there a rule in place for this for the spider cam if that happens? Because if that doesn't hit it, he's a t- that's a touchdown. Amari Cooper is gone. And I noticed as that, long as he catches it. And I noticed at the very beginning of the game, they didn't have it out there. I said maybe it can fuel it up. Did you guys know? I mean, is there a rule in place? I don't know. It's interesting, man. Maybe that's going to create something now. Maybe that's something that the board of governors will, I'm gonna bet will there, discuss. I'm going to bet there isn't, right? Because there's this sort of gentleman's well, agreement now not to kick the scoreboard in Dallas. Yeah, because punters were doing it deliberately. Yeah, but this is a little different, though. I'm just saying something's hanging over the field that you can reach, but. But as he said, or yeah. you just said, you yeah. don't always know when it's there. Oh, of course, right. And it's 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 very invisible. Yeah, it's Bob like, pointed you know what I mean? Out. It's like it's interesting. Like you you can't really. It's not like a giant scoreboard that you can see and you know it's there. Right. And you could intentionally do something. And obviously, Derek Carr isn't going to intentionally hit the spider cam to to do it. <laughs> no, I hope not. Right. I mean, it's not unless ain't advantageous, it, as they say in the big words. Unless, yes. unless he bet the <laughs> unless he bet the Chiefs in Vegas and he's throwing the game. I don't know, but I mean, you know. There's there's something they're going to have to do about that because that, I mean, that could be the game right there, objectively speaking. That could be a game. That was a game-changing play, in essence. And, you know, you don't want to see a game end that way. Or it didn't end, but you know what I mean. You don't want to mm-hmm. see a game have that be a major factor in it. So right. it's interesting to see in the coming days if that gains steam and is something that they, they look into addressing in the next uh, owners' meetings or what have you. Um, but a great game there. The the Chiefs now uh, still very much alive in the AFC West. But what I want to, and I'm going to get into this with Bill Burt, and we'll have him on at the top of the second hour, as well as Cole Wright right after him in the second hour. Um, the Oakland Raiders go in there. They're the they're one of the hottest, the hottest team other than the Dallas Cowboys, right, in pro football. And they go in there, and they're leading the AFC a lot of people starting to put them right up there with the Patriots, starting to say maybe they're better than the Patriots, and they could have home advantage in the AFC title game. And they go into Kansas City into what can only be described as a complete playoff atmosphere because, A, you've got Arrowhead Stadium, which is always rocking. It's a night game, prime time, okay? It's 15 degrees Fahrenheit, 15 Fahrenheit at game time freezing weather you don't know why i don't even know what the wind chill was it had all the elements and feeling of a game that could take place in the afc championship if it was in a cold weather climate right Mm -hmm. you know where i'm going with this so yet here you are today 
having various Boston writers and radio hosts still suggest, I don't know what they're smoking. Maybe they, they went and bought that stuff that you, uh, that you talked about with the guy there in your Can You Finish, and they, they got yeah. the crack pipe going or what. But how in your right mind right now could you suggest that the Patriots rest Tom Brady or Martellus Bennett a, few, a couple games down the stretch here? Unless that AFC regular season record is clinched, top seed overall is clinched, they have to play outright for the rest of the season. You need to secure home advantage because the Kansas City Chiefs just proved to you that Oakland can't hang in the cold playoff atmosphere. They froze. Right. Figuratively and specifically, like literally. They, f- they froze figuratively and literally. They were not the team we've seen over the last few weeks. They did not have that swagger about them. They looked like a completely different team in that cold. It is imperative that the Patriots get home advantage throughout, and then if it came down to them in Oakland, that that game is in Foxborough. Would you not agree after watching last night? I agree with that, and to me, I'm I'm even going to take it a step further. It, the The amount of money that these guys are paid, you play 16, 17, unless 18, you, 19 unless games. Unless you're not cleared. Correct. If if there's an injury, but we're we're not sitting out, oh, we're going to rest them later. It's a short enough season. Every game counts. I don't care what the record for the team on the other side is. You have an obligation to that team to show exactly. up and play, and you are a professional. And, and, and it's not them that's saying. The players want to play. Right. They're, they're, good luck trying to tell Tom Brady to sit. Good luck on that. It's these, like, announcers in these... I talked about it with you yesterday when it comes to Julian. Yeah, the people you told me not to listen to, you were listening to today. <laughs> I don't, well, I, you don't come in where I live. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it, it's like, do your research. Yeah. You know, yeah. did you not watch the game last night and here you are saying, oh, they don't need home advantage. Yes, they do. Maybe they don't need, but it's going to help that much more. Oakland... I don't think could win in Foxborough in the cold. KC's a whole other story because they're used to it, but right. Oakland's not used to it. Right. And I, I just think that that was a, a perfect example of why it is imperative for the Patriots to secure home advantage throughout the playoffs. That's exactly it. And, you know? and, and, and never mind. You, you, don't want to, you want the home field advantage. You don't want to travel. You don't want to be in the hotel. You don't want to be at someone exactly. else's practice field. For all the reasons that make it easy and you can just go on autopilot, you want the home field advantage. You play all 16 games. And, can- and it's lined up for that because as everybody sort of finishes off in their own division, let the West, which is the powerhouse this year, let them the beat each other. other. Let Denver yeah. and Oakland and San Diego, which KC. ain't that bad as a 500 No, San Diego's going to actually be a Patriots ally, I think, yes, coming down the stretch. Yes, they will. Yep. Let them beat each other while we have our typical <laughs> time to play the Jets again. <laughs> time to play Miami again. Yeah. So just win them out, as you say, Jimmy. Yeah, win it out. They'll kick each other in the butt out west. And, and it's so all I did about resting. Oh, by the way, if you get the first or second seed, uh, newsflash, you get a week off. <laughs> You get a two-week break. So, like, there's your rest. I, it's, I don't know. Like, people need to really start doing a little more research before they speak. Uh, the final hour, we're going to talk some Bruins. Jack Edwards of Nesson. A lot of people around the league universally call him the biggest homer in uh, <laughs> pro sports announcing. But you know what? That's what he's paid to do. And I, you know what? Jack knows his hockey. He does his research. He backs his comments up with facts, and I appreciate that, and we will, I appreciate him taking the time today. He will be joining us, Jack Edwards of Nesson, at 5.05 to talk some Boston Bruins. And what station is he on? 
New England Sports Network, right? Yep. So you're supporting the home team. He's not he's not right. on a national league uh uh broadcast where he right. does have to play exactly. a play. He's responsible for calling the local exactly. teams. That's exactly what you want to hear. Yeah, you want that excitement. Other, otherwise, you got okay. The Bruins go to one end, the other team goes the other end. No, I want you that want excitement. excitement. I want that. You want it. You want it. And I, I get. You know, he, he does go to extremes sometimes, but I, I think he he more than makes up with it for it with his knowledge of the game. And he's a class act, and uh, we'll be glad to have him. As on. he worked his way up here, Bob from nine, the New Hampshire guy, right? UNH, Fox, yes, Channel UNH. Nine, to yep. Channel Five, to ESPN. to ESPN, where he did national. Yep. And played it straight. Nonetheless, he comes back to Nesson. Look, it's a little bit of the ghost of Johnny Most. He <laughs> is doing the home yes. call yes. without lying. Right. But he sure got them gold-colored glasses on. I love right. it. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, when, when the Bruins happen to be on um, NBC Sports Network or something like that, forget it. I'm switching. I'm going to watch. I want to listen to Jack Edwards on Nesson. Yeah. That's the call I want to hear. Yep. Well, there you go. Jack Edwards will be joining us at 5.05 today. And then as we do every Friday, the segment we look forward to, uh, not just for his uh, knowledgeable picks of college and pro football, but just for the, the candor and humor. That is the one and only Gabriel Morenci will be joining us. Cue the motorhead. Yeah. Yeah. The motorhead will be ready to go. Uh, and also, uh, I wonder if he will be in a, uh, a Domino's, uh, again. Uh, I, I think we need to call Domino's and get c- some kind of sponsorship deal going here because Gabe's like a, a walking commercial for them. <laughs> Did you listen that day? I think it was a Monday. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was classic. I'm hungover. I'm in Domino's. One sec. Yeah, I need a large pepperoni. <laughs> it was, it was just classic Gabe. It was I, awesome. I want, uh, some legal representation by Bob. I didn't resent the fact that Sully went to Florida. In fact, I'm appreciative to come in for a week. Mm-hmm. But then my program director goes to Orlando, Florida. Hmm. <laughs> then they run into your predecessor, Brad Johnson, who sends his best to all the listeners yep, up I here talked to him last night. In yep. Orlando. Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> None of us are getting invited to Orlando, but everybody else who's worked here the last year and a half appears <laughs> destined to be in Orlando. We're we're missing the memo, and I and I have a sneaky feeling the guy who's not coming in at six o'clock tonight, thus I get to stay here for a little while, might be going to Orlando. I mean, that's (laughs) what I'm thinking, and I want to know. You know, I don't have a contract. You've been to Orlando, yeah. It's a dump. I go over Universal. Yeah, I mean, if you go to Disney World, great. No, even I'll avoid that mess. I'll go to Universal Studios. Let them be in Orlando. Yeah. Come on, you're here with us. Yeah, that's true. Where else would you want to be on a Friday afternoon on a stretch run? <laughs> there you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> where else? No comment. Yeah, where else? It's the happiest place on earth. Oh, wait, you no, know? we're back in Orlando no, now. You did, now you've got a <laughs> trademark issue, Mr. Attorney. Yeah, you know, we, and we, uh, we're going to, you know... We're going to pull out the uh, the Crown Royal. There's nothing wrong with that. We'll get some uh, hot toddies and Irish coffees going here. You know, it's the holiday season. Some holiday spirits, and uh, it's a little warmer in here. It's got some Orlando warmth. Bob's got a purple shirt on. I don't know what that has to do with Orlando, but uh, (laughs) I was waiting for that. He looks. uh, He's got the Don Cherry style going today, man. Although I am keeping the studio, Jimmy Murphy cool. You know, so I didn't go pump the thing up to seventy or something. I appreciate it. Well, you are a hockey player, man. Well, yeah. I mean, this is normal for (laughs) me, Bob Exactly. Exactly. Well, we are the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire here on a Friday. Happy holidays to all. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. Happy Kwanzaa. And, uh, man, 
Two weeks from Sunday's Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yikes. But, uh... Three weeks from Sunday. It's 2017. Yep. Ay, ay, ay. We will be back here in a stretch run in ESPN New Hampshire. And uh, by the way, we forgot to play it yesterday because I'm just uh, Jimmy a day late Murphy this week. I did it earlier in the week with, um, who did I forget? Birthday. Uh, and you, you mentioned it. Oh, it was one little Richard who had an influence on this man singing. Why aren't we doing a, a baby song for Mick Jagger, though? Oh, yeah. 73 years old, he's having another kid yes. with his 29-year-old, even though he's not just a grandfather, Bob. Right. He's a great-grandfather. Let me ask him, though. And he's that, still having a kid. Was that natural insemination or artificial? I, I, I've told natural wow. from my news sources. Good for yeah. him, man. He's got some magic bullets. Anyhow, we'll be back here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. ESPN New Hampshire Apparel. Go to ESPNNHradio.com and click on the Pro Shop. He's bounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm East Bound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Let it all hang out cause we gotta run to make The boys are thirsty in Atlanta And there's beer in Texarkana And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm eastbound just like old bandit runs And welcome back to Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Bob Bart is sitting alongside. Timmy Button's working the boards. It's a Friday. So who cares? Let's talk about anything, right? <laughs> Let's talk about anything. You wanna, you, you wanna, yeah, free for all Friday. You want to call up? 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. We apologize in advance if uh, you are greeted by a Spanish-speaking person. Um, <laughs> because that's just the way things have been going this week. It's been going through to the other studio. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. and, and, and Familia's on doing their show next door. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, our calls, for some reason, one day we're getting rerouted to there, but uh, I don't know, maybe it will be French today? Or? Well, it it is a little surprising only because you only have to learn there's one actual line. Don't pick it up if you're in that studio. Mm. <laughs> Everything else you're free well, now, to pick could we, up. Could we, could we do like different languages? I mean, does this have to be English and Spanish? No. I'm thinking French would no. be kind of cool. I, oh, yeah. see, oh. <laughs> I engineered for a long time, Bob, the uh, French program on WSMN. Okay. So, Kane's Catravandis, WSMN. Oh, ah, tabanak. <laughs> tabanak. We'll get the uh, Quebec listenership uh, involved here. Hey, speaking of Quebec listenership, uh, I don't know if you guys saw last night. You can uh, Google it up here, Bob. But, uh, the uh, Carrie Price, the goaltender for the Canadians, the arguably yep. the best yep. goalie in the world, uh, amazing goaltender, and I like him. 
class act, good to deal with uh, when I was a reporter there. Um, so two years ago, Price was not well, about oh, two and a half now. In the 2014 playoffs, the Canadians made it to the conference finals, played the Rangers. He was uh, he was knocked out of the game and then the series uh, after Chris Kreider went flying into the net mm-hmm. and sliced like the side of his leg and he, he got hurt and he went out with a knee injury and he missed the rest of the series. The Canadians lost the series. They might have won it if, if that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, it was borderline dirty, but, he's you know, that's the way hockey is. They tell you, drive to the net. That's what your coaches tell you. You go to the net, anything can happen. So last night, the Devils are playing in Montreal and Kyle Palmieri, uh, I should preface this by saying there's a play before that on a Devils goal I forget who it was, but he went flying into Price as he scored it. And then the next two shifts, two shifts later, Kyle Palmieri, and you just saw that, is oh, yeah. flying in, and he's got the puck, and he's breaking to the net, and he's got full speed going. I don't know how he could have avoided him. I mean, if you look at that, I mean, maybe you think he's hitting him there on purpose? And you got yeah, it's borderline, right? Right, you're you're half and half because the uh, the Canadians player that's coming in behind him is giving him a little puck right. check from behind. So, so. if you're going to blame anyone, but, I blame Petrie, the defenseman for the Canadians. There is kind of right. shoving Palmieri as he's coming full force towards the net and gives him a little nudge, and then Palmieri goes right into Price. Right, he loses an edge and goes down. Well, then yeah. Price loses his beans. He loses his marbles <laughs> here. Price gets up and just starts pummeling away on Palmieri, and as he's doing that, Palmieri, the defenseman. Who I mean, um, Petrie, the defenseman who pushed Palmieri into Price, is holding him on the ice so Price can pound on him. So I go on Twitter and I, I, I tweeted this and I've got, you know, it's easy to pick <laughs> off Canadians fans and the French crowd up there. So I tweeted early. I said, uh, I said, ooh, that's really going to scare players from doing that. You have a defenseman hold them down while you punch him, carry. That's really going to scare them. I go, how about you just have a, uh, you know, have one of your tough guys go after him. That would make more sense. And now they are up in arms with me right now. <laughs> I mean, they, oh, you're from Boston. Oh, they're just a Boston guy. You're a Boston Bruins journalist. You work for the Bruins. I never worked for the Bruins in my life, ever. And you get this thing where because I'm from Boston, that instantly means that I'm a fan of Boston or I'm, I'm going to uh, – you know, be pro ball. I'm going to be like Jack Edwards, right? Right. right. I'm not paid yep. to do a Jack Edwards does. I'm paid to be objective, and I'm. I would have said the same thing if that was Tuka Rask doing what Price had done. I think Price was in the wrong. I get his frustrations, but he almost now has made himself a bigger target because if I'm the opponents now and I see that that's all it takes to rattle, which is usually the calmest, most collected goalie. In the NHL, a guy that, I mean, is ice cold out there usually. I mean, Timmy knows this. Price is, the only way you're ever going to beat Price is off some weird bounce, a weird deflection. And now you have a, you have, you got a way to him. You got, you got a way to get under his skin. You know what rattles him. Yep. So if you're opposing coaches right now, what are you telling your players? Run interference. You agree, Tim? Run interference. I do. He's, uh... He's the most cool, calm, collected one of the bunch. I think he just screwed himself. And uh, this is opening it up, yeah. 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 And everybody else is like, good for Price. He stood up for himself. I'm like, no, he made himself a bigger target now. And now what's going to happen is if Price isn't the guy punching him, one of his teammates is going to jump in, mm-hmm. which is the right thing to do. 
But then they're going to be in the box. Five on four time. Yeah. So I someone mean, gets the instigator. Thank you, Carrie. If I'm the rest of the NHL right now, <laughs> I'm sending a thank you card to Carrie Price. That's and I want to ask Jack about that as well later on. But uh, you know, I found it interesting how everybody was crediting and, and applauding Price for standing up for himself. And I'm like, first of all, you didn't, it's not like you got bullied or anything. Yeah. But you know, he just made it worse on himself. So we'll see what happens there. Hey, I know you want to talk a little car racing, uh, Bob. There's uh, you sent me a link here. Let me um, let me open that up. And what's going on in uh, the uh, off season thus far in car racing? Well, they they had they had the awards banquet in Las Vegas uh, last weekend, uh, so that that was really the news. And now we're going to go into the really a lull. Uh, for the sport, with the exception of a little bit of a silly season, any any new announcements, any team changes, any sponsorship changes, so there'll be sporadic news, but not much coming out. However, this week the biggest news is Dale Jr. has been medically cleared to return to racing on the professional level at the Daytona 500 on February 26, 2017. So. There's a concussion protocol that NASCAR has, so he had to get medically cleared to to come back to quote-unquote normal, what you Mm -hmm. and I would then be released from the doctor if we had just a regular concussion from whatever occurred from here. But then he had to go to the next step to not only be able to clear to drive a passenger car, then had to be cleared by NASCAR officials to be able to drive there. So he went down to Darlington, tested, ran about 250 miles, and came out there was a handful of uh, tests that accompanied that uh he came out after and said that he he's actually been scanned and fitted for a new helmet uh that he felt more comfortable in that and whatever butterflies he had and anxiety getting back into the uh into the car were gone by about the third or fourth lap was his quote um so that is the big news that uh i said last week to gavin i said we're going to see him in daytona but i'm saying july 2017 i'm not expecting to see him when i go down for the 500 in february i think it was going to be too soon that you know they were going to be optimistic through the off season to bring him back uh but again why rush it back nationwide the sponsor has come out and said they have no problem extending they don't care who the substitute driver is they're concerned about uh junior's health so he needs to take all the time to get back you've had alex bowman in the car since the Loudon race in July of 2016, so he's fitting to go back. You have the replacement driver. Alex Bowman got a pole at Phoenix. Uh, he's finished uh, well for that team. Rick Hendrick, the owner uh, who also owns Jimmy Johnson's uh, car, Chase Elliott and Casey Kane, came out and said, I'm not worried about a contract dispute. I'm not worried about uh, renewing Junior's contract. You know, everybody was waiting for him to get the clearance to go back, and unless and until Junior said, I can't come back, uh, that seat in the 88 is his. So now the big news this week is this looks like it will happen for February. Uh, the one, uh, one little side story to this is uh, prior to the Daytona 500, they have speed weeks. So the two weeks leading up to it, you have a lot of hype. Uh, a lot of the cars on the track, they're doing practice, they're doing runs. Uh, they have what's what uh, back in the day was the Bud Shootout. Before that, it was the Bush Clash. Uh, so it's any driver who has won a pole the prior season gets to come out for kind of this exhibition race and there's prize money awarded to there. Um, technically, because the 88 won a pole, that Junior would be able to run in the in the Clash the week before the Daytona 500. However, Alex Bowman put the car on the pole in phoenix about uh four weeks three weeks ago so junior came out and said that young man substituted for me he won the pole he deserves to run in the clash so i junior will be out of out of the 88 
so that this young man can, wow. he's 23, and again, we've talked about it on this show, he's out of a ride. When we finished at Miami Homestead the Sunday before yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. this kid doesn't have a ride. He's literally waiting with mixed emotions saying, if Junior's out, I got a ride. So I hope he does well and comes back, but not too, too soon, you know, with that situation. And Junior came in and said, no, you're running the Bush Clash. So this guy has a chance to wow. make a name for himself. And again, if someone else gets injured two years ago, um, I mean, we saw we saw Tony Stewart break his back mm-hmm. January 2016, did not run for the first part of the season. They had to have a substitute driver. Two years ago at Daytona, Kyle Busch uh, crashed the car, broke both legs, needed a substitute driver. So Bowman is literally on the sidelines uh, after the clash waiting to get a ride. But here again on the biggest stage approaching the Super Bowl of NASCAR, uh, Alex Bowman's going to have an opportunity to grab a spot and grab a sponsorship, grab a seat, and advance his uh, career at the age of 23, 24 years of age. That's a class act. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever, do you remember anyone ever doing something like that before? Not off the top of my head. No. Good for him, man. Yep. That's a class act. Tim, did you want to say Do the contracts expire usually about the same time? Now, it's as drivers are switching from one group yes. to another. They pretty much have a, a, a drop-dead date that that season's over, and so you're available to go sign with somebody Ex- else, exactly. assuming you're not under contract still for Ex- another year. Exactly. So th- so it, it's like any other sport. You're going to have uh, contract extension obligations, options to renew both sides from there, mm-hmm. and they're going to run for the 36-race season, which will run from just about Valentine's Day to just about Thanksgiving. So this is now where the discussion is. They go to the awards banquet. They let all the dust settle from that. And now people are going to say, okay, am I renewing? Am I not renewing? How's that going to come into play? Uh, And uh, one of the other stories that came out, Clint Boyer, uh, who will be now taking the number 14 ride now that Tony Stewart has retired. Right. Clint Boyer was out of a ride for 2016. H. Scott Motorsports put him in for a one-year deal, came in. Uh, At the conclusion of the season, the first thing that Clint Boyer did was walk to the courthouse and filed suit and said, I'm still owed $2.2 million uh, on performance and bonuses. So that was a little underlying story uh, to to develop and say, one-year deal, I didn't get everything I'm paid. And by the way, now I'm in Tony Stewart's uh, number 14 uh, car. Now, here's my most serious question of the day because I knew Tom King couldn't answer it, so I waited for you. Okay. Uh, If Danica Patrick finishes 30th, is it automatic that her boyfriend comes in 15th? (laughs) Because <laughs> I seem to see a ratio here of where she finishes. She, Jimmy, if she finishes 24th, the boyfriend's 12th. So I'm wondering, does it make it 30 and 15, 36 and 18? How does that work out that he's always 50% better than she is? I, I, I've actually drawn a, drawn a uh, similar storyline that at times I see them during, during the season, they will finish one behind the other. Uh, you know, deep in the pack. So the the question is, you know, they're, they're shadowing each other around the track. Uh, and when one goes to the garage, the other goes to the garage. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. That, so that's yeah. really happening. Yes. There's, there's, like, there's, some, oh, okay. there's some kind of comic. I mean, you got to stretch some of the numbers to look here and say, okay, there's a streak. But every now and then the races come up that uh, the numbers start to align. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting stuff there, boys, for sure. Uh, well, you had mentioned uh, when you were texting me that our next guest has a NASCAR connection, huh? Absolutely. We have Timothy, Timothy Viennes is a Xfinity driver, ARCA driver, and NASCAR Truck Series driver. He has purchased the New Hampshire Brigade, uh, and the press conference was today at 11 o'clock. Okay, so uh, that's the next guest boss, actually. 
Correct. Okay, gotcha. Correct. So Keith Keith Share is the general manager, and he has ties and friendship to uh, formerly Brad Johnson here at the station. So I spoke with Brad last night. He put me in touch with Keith today. We met everybody here and did the press conference, and I'll leave it to Keith to explain everything that uh, is what's up and coming for the New Hampshire Brigade Arena football team. Sounds like fun. We'll stay with us here for that. And uh, as we said, in the next hour after, we've got Bill Burt to talk some Patriots and Cole Wright take us around the NFL. The stretch run continues here on ESPN New Hampshire. Listening to the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Join the conversation at 603 883 9900 Oh Father, why are you so sad on this bright Easter morn? When Irish men are proud and glad of the land that they were born. Oh, son, I see in memory too a far off distant days. When being just a lad like you, I joined the IRA. Where are the lads who stood with me when history was made? I love to see the boys of the old brigade. And welcome back to Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Bob Bardis sitting next door to me right here. Not next door, like next chair. He's our Friday co-host. Bob, how we doing? Excellent. What a day moving we've right had. Yeah, yeah. It, was moving right. it was a quick first hour, and we're almost done here with the first hour, and then two to go on a Friday, and then it's the weekend. Timmy Buttons, though, he's going to be here for the Celtics pregame show, and then he's you're pretty much living here this weekend, huh? Yeah, because both a uh, talk show and games tomorrow. So from up in Concord, just, like put a cot out there or something. Yeah, I you know, thought we ought to do a trade out. Yeah. That's a tradition in this <laughs> yes, business. Yeah, just uh, get a mattress in there, you know. Five TV. spots, six a.m. to seven p.m. Get not? me them caught. There yeah, you I'd go, buddy. There you go. Well, listen, uh, we played the uh, the Wolf Tones, the boys of the old brigade, coming in there because uh, New Hampshire has a new football team. They're part of the Can Am Indoor Football League. And they are called the New Hampshire Brigade. And on to talk with us now is their general manager, Keith Schur. Mr. Schur, how are you? I'm well, sir. How are you doing? You might have a, uh, a nice uh, theme song there for your team there. That's a classic Irish tune my uncle used to sing to me. So I, I thought it was fitting for your team name today. No, it was great. I actually I was listening. I was like, wow, this is the brigade. Huh? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. My... Uh, my uh, my uncles, uh, well, from Dorchester originally, Dorchester, Mass, and then uh, lived in Milton. But they, uh, there's a Irish band called the Old Brigade, uh, based okay. out of Dorchester and Quincy. So, you, if you guys are ever playing around St. Patty's, I know, you, I think you start your season up what the 31st of March. Uh, yep, the 31st of March. Yeah, so if you ever want to so. do some St. Patty's themed stuff, you got the perfect band yeah. right there, the Old Brigade. We might have an exhibition, maybe an exhibition or something. I yeah. might have to reach out to them. Yeah, do it for sure. Tell them you know me, and uh, they'll they'll set it up for sure. Hey, listen, welcome uh, welcome to the local sports landscape here. An exciting day for you. I know uh, my co-host here, Bob Bardis, was over at the press conference today. It must have been very exciting. 
Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, so today we had our owner in town, uh, myself as long as the head coach, and we signed our first player, um, which is named Jason Pena. He played at Delaware. Um, so things are looking bright. We're excited about what's ahead. That's great. Now, I, I noticed that uh, former Patriot Patrick Pass is part of your organization as well? Uh, yes, he, um, he, he is. A, he's actually a real good friend of mine. Um, so with the team, it, it's been through those original owner and now to a second owner. And so Patrick was part of the first um, the, the first ownership group. Okay. Um, we've changed some people around, but like I said, he's a personal friend of mine. I want him involved with this. I've talked to the owner, so we just got to finalize and work out some specifics. But, yeah, he's, um, I'm very excited. He's going to have a role in this operation as well. And you also announced today that uh, Timothy uh, Viennes, is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Uh, yep. Is uh, now your majority owner. Uh, give us a little background on Timmy. Well, he's um, a NASCAR driver, I believe, truck series, and um, I don't, I'm not specific, but stock car or something like that. Well, um, that's why we got Bob here. That, here's, <laughs> yeah, we got our say, he probably knows more about the specifics than me, but like I said, he's um, the quality race car driver, and um, we're glad to have him as a uh, owner not right now. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. And Keith, we had we had the first official signing uh, of the New Hampshire Brigade player today. Jason Pena is coming in. He's a cornerback, and we were also talking about uh, playing in the in the indoor arena and how this league got together. So, can you bring our listeners up to speed how this came back and how this league is going to uh, expect to go forward? Okay. Well, basically, um, like I said, we've been looking to do something in this area, and Mr. Vane, he's actually one of the people on the board for the Can Am IFL League. And he's the majority owner for a Vermont team as well. So basically, he's putting, he's bringing football back to this area, to the Northeast. Um, I, I believe there's plans in the future for actually some more teams throughout this region, maybe Vermont or um, Maine, Springfield area. But it is something that we're trying to do. Um, semi-pro football has been pretty good out here, but there's, there's a level in between. You know, that is not quite the NFL, but there's some guys who, who are, I'd say, almost too good for the, for the semi-pro right now. So we're trying to get something together, and it gives them an opportunity. They, they, you know, they can fulfill their dreams. It's also good football, so we can bring something to the community. Um, you know, get the youth involved, give some people something to strive for. So um, I think it's going to be a win-win for everybody. And and not only is it going to be good games, but you're going to give away a lot of souvenirs during the games. To tell the story oh. about the number of uh, balls that you have to purchase. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So before the season begins, we have to have at least a thousand footballs. So when you come to a game, if the ball goes into the stands, it's yours to keep. We're expecting to use between 30 to 50 footballs a game. So um, it's definitely an opportunity for a fan to get intimate with um, you know, the game. They can go home with souvenirs. And, I mean, even more than that, too, especially if any businesses want to um, contact us as well, I believe we're allowed to put, like, one or two logos on the ball. And there's some stuff going on. So we're looking for um, partnerships with, uh, with people in the community as well. Okay, and, and you also have announced the signing of Mark Stevens as your head coach, who's also a local attorney and a friend of mine. I saw him in court this morning uh, and then again at the press conference. So uh, give the listeners a little background on uh, Coach Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens, yeah, he's a busy man. He's a um, great attorney. He's also a football coach. He's coached high school. He's coached a um, little bit of college. Now he's, you know, last year he was with the Destroyers, Granite State Destroyers, the semi-pro team in New Hampshire, a fine team. Um, and now he'll be taking over here. He's a former player at uh, University UNH. Um, I don't know the exact year he graduated. I think it was 83, around there. Um, but 
So he's a well-established guy in, in New Hampshire, and uh, we're very excited to have him before. Keith, I want to explain for our listeners who aren't too familiar with arena football, um, give them some examples of some of the different rules that maybe make uh, this game uh, exciting and fun to watch, uh, you know, something unique that we're not going to see in the football we're used to in, say, college or pro football around here. Okay, great question. Well, the first, the first noticeable difference is there's eight people on the field instead of 11. So on offense, you're going to and defense, you'll have three-man lines, and then I'll stick with offense. Three-man line, quarterback, then you have four skill um, positions. So it could be one running back and three receivers. You can go four wide. So there'll be less players on the field. Another aspect of it is the kicking game. There is no um, – you, you kick off and there's field goals. So that's it. There's no punting. You don't punt. So it's continuous action. It's going to be high scoring. Um, the receivers are allowed to um, go in motion. They can go back 10 yards and go in motion. There's just a lot of little little things that make it more exciting for the offense, uh, specifically. And um, it should be fun for them to watch. Go ahead, Bob. And, Keith, we're going to be playing at the uh, JFK Coliseum on Beach Street in Manchester. Uh, are tickets already available? And if so, what are we going to have for packages coming up? Um, so, yes, tickets are available. Right now you can purchase them on, on NewHampshireBrigade.com, NH, actually NHBrigade.com. Uh, you can go to the website, and you can order tickets right now. There's season passes available. Um, some are 120 and some are 144, depending if you end zone view versus side view. Um, there's also going to be, if, like I say, if anybody wants to be a corporate uh, partner or sponsor, we're going to have, I forget the exact number, 8 to 10 roughly press boxes for um, corporate seating as well. So, and the way it's going to work, because that stadium, you know, we've got to do a couple things with it. They'll be on the field. So basically the, the field, the stadium for... Uh, businesses will be field seating, so they'll be right in the mix of things. All right, and what are we looking for traveling on the team? Who who are some of the other le- uh, teams in the league? So right now, like I said, there's the Vermont team, there's us, there's a team in Glen Falls, New York, there's a team in Ontario, Canada, um, there's a team in uh, Connecticut, the Connecticut Chiefs. Um, so it is basically around the East Coast, uh, I'd say like from Connecticut up to Canada, and in New York, and oh, there's some Pennsylvania teams too. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at it right now here, guys. I got the teams. You've got uh, the Vermont uh, Bucks, uh, yourselves, the New Hampshire Brigade, the Connecticut Chiefs, the Glen Falls Gladiators, and then the Western Division is the Buffalo Blitz, Lockport Lightning, Niagara Falls, uh, the Ontario Niagara Spartans, and the Rochester Kings. Look like you're going to have heck of rivalries going on in that Buffalo, Ontario area there. You got three teams uh, there yeah, Buffalo, Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have some fierce rivalries going, so that's good to have that right off the bat, and then maybe you and Vermont could get something going as well down here. Well, listen, Keith, we want to uh, welcome you to the sports landscape here as well. We'd love to have you on the show again down the road. Uh, best of luck to you in this new venture. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate having us on, and um, like I say, anybody wants any information, they can go to nhbrigade.com anytime. And um, everything should be there from tickets, uh, schedules, and we'll start posting our player signings as they come along. Sounds good. That's Keith Schur, the GM of the new New Hampshire Brigade of the Canem Arena Football League here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We're going to talk some NFL football, specifically the Patriots, with our next guest, Bill Burt, the Lawrence Eagle Tribune here, joins us on the stretch run. So stay with us. We'll be back. <laughs> 